I'm Tarina. And I'm Kelly. We're the owners of Say Events, a wedding planning company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. This podcast is an honest, behind-the-scenes, no-bullshit look into the wedding industry. With over 15 years' experience in the biz, we share the inside details of what goes on into creating a wedding. We'll interview wedding experts, debate topics, and give you real advice only a wedding planner would know. Maybe it's just our moms, but at least we think we're wildly hilarious. Yes, a wedding has many elements and pieces to bring the day together, but that doesn't mean we can't do it with belly laughs and a sense of humor. This is your consultation. Welcome to the wedding session. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Friday of the wedding session. I am Trina, and we are with Kelly as well, and we're here to bring you part two of wine. (laughs) My favorite topic. Yes. So last week we talked about, you know, getting the wine, choosing the wine, and the overall guest experience. But now it's about executing that guest experience Mm -hmm. and how to do it, you know, not flawlessly, but the best advice that we have for you Mm -hmm. for your wedding day to make it feel like it's going to go down smoothly. Oh, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So first of all, let's start off with the morning of your wedding or, you know, the night before is there's two options. A, the venue's taking care of your wine. You've already selected it. It's all done. B is you have selected your wine or you have purchased your wine and you need to get it to the venue. And you may not think of that as a really important thing, but trust us with our catering background, it fucking is. (laughs) And I swear to emphasize on how goddamn important it is because it's like hair and makeup. If hair and makeup is messed up in the morning, the whole day is shot. Mm -hmm. If the wine isn't delivered on time to have the ability to do what it needs to do, the wedding, I don't want to say is ruined, but it has a big impact on your day. (laughs) It's just just delayed, mostly because we allocate it to the boys just to keep them busy and out of trouble in the morning. And if they don't do it in a timely manner, that means that they're not back in time to shit shower and shave before the yeah. actual wedding itself and then they're ripping around doing god knows what god knows where and then and then yeah then they're late <laughs> so it's 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 the boys issue whereas the girls is always the hair and makeup the guys if you're late if you're late dropping this off then then it can be very tricky very yeah tricky. and also the problem is let's talk about white wine is mm-hmm. every venue and space that you can get married in has a different method of chilling. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that a farm that you wanted this rustic wedding at in the middle of nowhere will not have a commercial fridge on site. What a shock. It nope. might have beautiful cascading fields of lavender, but it will certainly not have a fridge. <laughs> or it has a fridge in the house. Great. Can we fit 48 bottles of wine in there? No. Weird. Right? So... <laughs> Jeez, it's almost like you speak from experience. <laughs> I feel like I was at this wedding. You know, it's We've really all hot. been at this wedding. It was really hot that day. And it was just a field. Yes. And I was very dusty at the end of it. We love doing these weddings. Okay, we don't do. get us wrong. We love yeah. doing these weddings. They're so much fun. But frankly, there's just a lot more that's involved when it definitely comes to making yeah. sure that things are chilled. So, if And we're trying to bring in humor because we're trying to yeah. make you remember. <laughs> just remember this. So if you listen to if you listen to part one, if not, I highly suggest you go back and listen to us yammer on about um, how much wine you should be getting for your wedding. 
<laughs> but we talk, one of the things we talk about at the very beginning is about the season and when you are like, when are you hosting your wedding? Is it in the summer? Is it in the winter? Is it in the fall? Well, if it's in the summer, you want to make sure you have enough ice to be making sure that everything is chilled or you have enough fridges that you can be putting all the bottles in. If it's in the wintertime, all you have to do is open up the front door, throw some bottles into the snow and call it a friggin' day. Like you're totally fine. So ice, ice and chilling your wine is, is such an important thing. And even sidetracking a little bit, like with your beer as well. Like if you're getting a keg versus getting bottles versus getting cans, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that not only has the keg settled, but you have to make sure you have enough ice Mm -hmm. on top of it. And it's same with your red and, and, and same with your white and even with your red, depending on the kind of red you had, if you are like a purist wine you know aficionado and you know the red the pinot noir has to be at like 12 degrees temperature like it's if it's less or more it's it's trash so you just really make sure that you are you know you have enough cooling apparatuses (laughs) now bear in mind that you or your future spouse cannot be the ones responsible for the temperature of wine Mm-mm. the day. We always assign, you know, we say to the boys in the morning, if there's something that needs to be dropped off, we usually encourage them to do it because girls are up between 6 and 12 getting their hair and makeup done. Where guys mm-hmm. are playing video games, sleeping in, maybe walking the dog, y'all got time, you know, mm-hmm. or we give it to a parent. Maybe it's a great dad job. Dad, can you go drop off the wine for me? Mm-hmm. Of course I can. Thank you. And if you're really lucky you can drop it off the day before and get it chilling in whatever way that may be. Mm -hmm. So now you start to put the ownership on the venue or your bartenders or the catering team. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, I'm going to get the wine here at this time. Does that work for you? And then once it's at the venue, let it be the responsibility of whoever needs to make it happen. Mm -hmm. So you need to get it to the restaurant because you paid a corkage fee. Okay, the restaurant said we need it here by Friday so they can chill it overnight or they need it by 3 o'clock so then guests walk in at 5, the wine has had two hours to chill. Mm -hmm. They should know. If they don't, you got to find somebody who does know and is in charge of this for you (laughs) because they will. Uh, You know, sometimes it's us as the wedding planners or we've told the bartenders you're going to get here at 3 so you can get the wine in to chill for an hour and then, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll have it ready to go kind of thing. Or sometimes Kelly and I will suggest getting a fridge, renting a fridge with a generator or one that you can plug in because – you know, $100 to rent a fridge is much better than people bitching about your wedding for years that the wine was cold. It was warm. <laughs> just saying. Just saying how many, you know, because then you're going to have to have like the clean ice so that you can throw ice cubes into your wine so that you can chill your wine down because, oh, it's it's warm. It's warm yeah. white wine. It's yucky. Nobody likes that stuff. Nobody yeah. likes warm white wine. And, you know, yeah. you don't want to go through all this effort to pick the wine, pick it up, bring it over. I've tasted it. It's delicious. And then people will just be like, you know, your wine is warm okay, well, I just spent 18 hours of my life last week trying to get this perfect wine for you and you can only tell me it's warm. And corralling the and corralling the guys, loading it up into the van, getting them yeah. down the street, getting – and now the other thing too is, is, is something physically getting the wine to the space. Mm-hmm. Look, consider where your venue is. If you're in the middle of like a field somewhere – then you're going to want to drop it off on the day. It's not like you can just drop it off the night before Mm because you're in the middle of a field. Like, who the heck knows? The coyotes could get into it for frick's sakes. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to, like, a physical venue, there are some venues, like, you have to consider what their actual access into the space is. Sometimes Mm -hmm. if they've got a loading bay, they've only got one loading bay. There's some of the venues in Vancouver have, like, some 
dicey looking loading bays and you can only fit one vehicle in reversed backwards and you gotta like stop traffic and so that you can reverse down this teeny tiny little like alleyway uh, and then prop the door open with some milk crate i'm not speaking from experience but I'm just saying, <laughs> i know, you know all the security and it's a milk crate that <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness but i'm just all i'm saying though is that sometimes you can't just walk in through the front door if you're bringing mm-hmm. in your alcohol sometimes you do have to go in through the back way and you need to be able to communicate that with security or communicate with that with your venue coordinator or your wedding coordinator. So there's a few logistics in place that need to just be addressed mm-hmm. getting the wine there. So it's not just thrown it inside. <laughs> That's right. And then also consider where the wine is stored the day before. So, you know, if it's August and it's 33 degrees out and mm-hmm. you left your white wine and red wine in the back of your car for two yeah. days, that sucker is going to take much longer to cool down than it will be on a normal mild day. So we always mm-hmm. keep it in the garage. It's usually the safest place for it. It's dark. It's cool. It's, mm-hmm. you know, not totally invasive. Um, or try to get it to the venue earlier, sooner than later, if they yeah. allow it. And another major, major tip that I totally didn't even write down but remembered now is that you label the absolute crap out of your wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sharpie it. Sharpie duct tape. it. Hearts drawn, you know, blah, 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 wedding, the date. So that way, if there's multiple weddings happening at your venue, you're not going to lose your very expensive or very carefully selected wine to, you know, the Friday mm-hmm. wedding when your wedding's on Saturday. You oh, yes. label it to the point is as obnoxious. <laughs> yes. And that goes for, I mean, that goes for all of your personal all items your that you bring yeah. to, to the wedding if you're allocating somebody else to be doing it. I mean, whenever we are doing decor, we're always like, I need a Rubbermaid bin. I need it labeled. I need the individual items. Is this a welcome table thing? Is this a guest table thing? Is this a head table thing? Label it as much as you can and even have a list in there as well. More information is better than not enough information. So if you feel mm-hmm. like you're going ham on it, it's all good. Like just keep on going for it. And it, yeah. it, it just makes the um, everyone's job on the back end when they open it up being like, oh, okay, I know what this is. And if you've decided that you do want to have different kinds of wine for different moments in the day Mm -hmm. and they're like okay this champagne is meant for the toast this wine is meant for the head table this the rest of the wine is meant for everyone else so yes exactly so label 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 everything (laughs) yes and if you write a list you know take a picture of it and send it to someone's phone so that there's a digital copy of it somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes so let's move into kind of the end of the night is if there's any extra wine who takes it and how is it loaded and what does that look like so uh you you want to take the remainder is it you taking it home in your limo in your dress i think not (laughs) so sometimes venues will yeah (laughs) we have some ambitious brides are like no i'll just take it i'm like you can't even fit in there with your dress yes where's the wine going (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes like a parent will take it sometimes it can be left aside to be picked up the next morning it's all these things that you should talk to your venue or your vendors about to make arrangements you know ahead of time versus 1201 when you've been drinking for a couple mm-hmm. hours, dancing and sweaty and be like, where would you like this wine? And you're like, um, oh, I just had like 18 people hug me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't – I can't even focus right now. I have no idea. I haven't been able to breathe for the last 18 hours because I'm yes. stressed. Yes, <laughs> 100%. So you just want to consider like where is that going or, mm-hmm. you know, how that's being handled. If there's any left, hopefully there's not. But, you know, there is usually some overage here and there. So yeah. just depends on where you're getting married. Okay, so let's talk about in the moment. And what that entails as the guest experience overall. Mm -hmm. So let's start with 
the kind of first question that always comes to mind for us mm-hmm. is if is the wine served to the guests as they're sitting there, kind of like a restaurant, mm-hmm. or is the wine bottle dropped on the table? Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons to this. It's a big question that gets asked a lot, actually, if not always, always. <laughs> at your wedding. And the first thing you have to consider is what is the venue's capability? Like what or what is their policy? For example, the Brock House does not do bottles of table bottles of wine on the table specifically for the wind factor that is uh off the water there. <laughs> I just learned this. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they only do service to the table because it's actually easier for them to control because the bottles of wine aren't slamming down from the wind. (laughs) Yeah. So what does this mean? Everybody has been to, you know, a wedding before where the bottle of Mm -hmm. wine is there or if the servers are coming around and pouring it. There's no right or wrong. (laughs) There's no right or wrong. I mean, I remember when we were in catering though, I used to always tell people, um, when people would always ask what the difference was. And I said, well, option one, you can either have bottles of wine on the table. Um, the challenge is, is that if you are working with a venue that is charging you based on your consumption and you have a whole bunch of half empty bottles of wine at the end of the evening, you've just basically paid for all those wines. So if mm-hmm. it comes down to, you know, your budget of doing a pouring, having the servers walk around and offering if you'd like red or white during your dinner, which is wine service at the table, um, is going to be a better way to sort of combat and sort of keep an eye on what your overall budget's going to end up being. Personally, mm-hmm. I think having wine served to you by servers is just yeah. a little bit more of an elegant um, experience because, you know, you have servers that are walking. You don't typically have people serving your wine at your table. And like I, I, I used to always mm-hmm. tell people that your vendors in general are an extension and reflection of you as a couple. We, we, we kind of talked about this a few episodes ago where we talk about vibe and the vibe of your vendors. Mm-hmm. and having like a really good relationship with them and they are basically representing you as a couple on the day so you're gonna have like really you know in theory you're gonna have really fun vendors but your <laughs> catering your catering is going to be a representation of you during your dinner right usually when you go to someone's house you know if you're feeling welcome and loved and people are serving a delicious food for you and they're serving wine for you and all that sort of stuff that's basically what the staff is doing for you as well so kind of think of it a little bit like that so when you have somebody that's saying walking up to you being like, Hey, may I offer you some more wine? Then, then it just, it just feels like a little bit more of an elegant experience. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes down to budget too. Cause sometimes that's a little bit more helpful. Um, but, uh, I personally like doing the, the wine service at the table. I think it just, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little more elegant. It also keeps the table from like an aesthetic perspective. It just looks cleaner. <laughs> There's nothing worse than having like major gob marks of like red wine and like all that crap all over the table. Like you spent a fork ton of money making your venue look beautiful or having like really gorgeous arrangements and having like a super amazing maybe boho style of decor and then you just got like these red rings all along <laughs> the table and you're like what in the hell this looks yeah. just, like awful i so, find there's a uh, like three kind of reasons that people go with table wine instead mm-hmm. so the first one is <laughs> we get this my people are drinkers yeah <laughs> so, yeah yes know, absolutely it, sometimes you can't keep up <laughs> Yeah, it's they, it's important to them. The wine is on the table. This is how mm-hmm. we've done it for years. This is how our family does it. And we're not going to break from tradition. And that's fine. You know, yeah. like if that's the experience that they're expecting at every wedding that they've gone to and that they want, well, then that's what you want. And that's totally fine. Aesthetic or no aesthetic, if they want wine on that table, 
Sure. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Another reason is um, it's the venue. So the venue sometimes can't keep up with it, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's possible that the venue, maybe the buffet is kind of in the, a totally different obscure spot of the mm-hmm. space. And so they can only have so many people that are have the ability to keep up or they only do table service. They don't have that service where they can offer higher end uh, mm-hmm. pouring at the table. That's just kind of the nature of it is you book the space, you get all the, you know, the pros and cons that come with it. That might just mm-hmm. be one of them. And the third one is you just don't have it in your budget. So it does take more people to serve wine because it takes about three to four people to run a buffet. Then you need the people that's doing the water to that's clearing everything. So if you got, you know, guest count of 150, there's no way you can get enough servers to, uh, be specifically dedicated to wine. And sometimes in rare cases, the service staff isn't even old enough to serve the wine. So you might have 10 staff on site, but six of them are underage. So the four that are the seniors that know what they're doing are dedicated to your food, which if people are going to pick between food and wine, they will always pick food. (laughs) Yes. Actually, I remember when I used to work in a specific restaurant in Langley and I was still hosting and they were like the servers were in the weeds and they needed help. I could physically bring the wine to the table. I just couldn't pour it. It's just so very strange. Have, yeah. Just a weird, weird mm-hmm. ass loophole. But here we are. <laughs> so yeah, maybe right. if that ends up being the case, then um, then yes. I mean, I, I had a wedding where that was the issue of they had to drop wine because they messed up on their staffing end. And mm-hmm. they only had four staff in total instead of the eight that they told us they were going to have. Yeah. So. Sometimes you have to just kind of wing it and make it happen. At the end of the day, as long as there are beverages there for people, if it ends up being on the table, then, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily planned. At least they have the wine that's there. Mm-hmm. If you can accommodate doing a table, like a um, table service, then that's always really, really nice too. At the end of the day, though, people don't know what they don't know. So yes. if you're planning on doing one thing and just budget wise, it just doesn't make sense for you guys, then then just do it the other way. And it's totally fine. Yeah. And then you want to know who is actually pouring the wine. So mm-hmm. we're talking specifically about offsite catering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who is pouring the wine, right? Is it the bartenders? Is it the servers? Is it someone completely obsolete? Who knows? You just need to know who is in charge of putting that wine on the table. Nine times out of 10, it's the bartenders because in theory, the bar is closed for Mm -hmm. the wine service that's happening, right? So the two or however many bartenders you have for your guest count are available. They're not Mm -hmm. going on break. They are contributing now to the service Mm -hmm. of the alcohol just happens to be on the tables versus the bar. Sometimes we've seen one bartender will stay there just to man the station and help Mm -hmm. open bottles and kind of get that going. And replenish the bar after crazy cocktail hour where the other mm-hmm. one is moving around and facilitating and getting the wine down. Yeah. You know, it's really between your bartenders and caterers. Hopefully they do work together if they don't make them fast friends yeah. <laughs> and get that all kind of working together cohesively. Cause at the end of the day, their goal is to give you a good dining experience. You just need to realize how that's going to go down. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, Another one, actually, no, this is kind of, that's kind of a different point, but we can also talk about allocating time in your timeline. Yeah. This was my, this was my thought because I, um, this actually came about from the wedding we did actually last weekend. And Mm. the concern with the, uh, venue coordinator was that we, she, it wasn't confirmed whether we're dropping wine on the table or doing wine service. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew that the bride was going to want wine service because that was just the kind of the, the 
level of expectation she was expecting throughout the evening. So mm-hmm. I said to the, the venue coordinator, I was like, well, is it possible for us to be able to do wine service before dinner begins? So then that way we can make sure that there's wine on the tables because they're going to go basically kind of into speeches a little bit before dinner. And we want to make sure that, you know, there's just people have something to drink. And, um, so she said to me, looking like a startled little deer, um, that <laughs> she's like, we're not going to have time. We're not going to have time. I was like, okay, well, you know, Trina and I, we're here to help you. Um, yeah. So if you need help, let us know. But if we can do it now while people are still fidgeting at their tables yeah. and they're getting ready, like we're, we're getting everybody seated. People are trying to go to the washroom before dinner begins. Like now is the time to do it. Make mm-hmm. sure that you do it now. And then that way... Later on, when they are doing speeches, you're not being like, um, excuse me, sir, do you like red or white? And all of a sudden, all you can hear is this like, bing, bing, clank, like this, clank, clank, this clanking yeah. in, the, in the, you know, like the kissing sound is like, you know, it just, it just totally kills the freaking mood. So I think if anything, I, I, I said, put that in there just to make sure that if you are doing a table service, which means you're not, you're walking around dropping wine or sorry, you're walking around serving wine that you build that in a little bit and just make time for that so that mm-hmm. you're not interrupting other things. And also so that if you are overlapping your staff, so you had just mentioned who is physically pouring. Is it the yeah. bar team? Is it the servers? Is it a combination? Mm-hmm. If it's the servers and they're like, holy shit, I need to be doing, I need to be over there doing buffet and over here doing wine, like just figuring that in, in your overall timeline. And then that way you don't um, miss things. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Totally. Yeah. You just want to make sure that that time is allocated. You know, we specifically have it for champagne because champagne takes longer Mm -hmm. to pour than wine because of the bubbles. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're doing like champagne toasts for speeches, you always want to Mm -hmm. give a good like 10, 15 minutes to pour it and distribute it Mm -hmm. and make sure everybody has it and not spilly spilly everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, You'd be surprised at how many people are really skittish about carrying champagne flutes. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I'm like, why? Just like, just, just carry it. it. Yeah. Just carry it. I don't know. Maybe your non-dominant hand. That's who you carry a tray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a server talk there. Uh, but another one is, okay, so say you come up with the idea, oh, I want to do half um, bottle service and half uh, wine service. And we don't really recommend that. And I think Kelly kind of explained it the best is that the people that are getting one service want the other <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it comes down to optics. So this was a oh, this was a question that we had from uh, from a client a little while ago, and it was um, wanting to have um, table service for a few tables and then dropping bottles of wine for the rest of the tables. And while I understood where she was coming from because they were um, they were family tables, and it was also about like a different level of experience for like the moms and the dads and grandparents and whatnot. Yeah. Um, it. People, like I mentioned earlier, are hungry at this point. They want to know what's going on. They are, you know, everybody's just kind of looking like, you know, eagles, like vultures at the buffet. And so if they see one table or two tables having wine service and then the rest of them have bottles of wine just like dropped on the table, they kind of feel... Left out. Well, a little bit neglected and a little bit, there is that kind of left out feeling of like, oh, I guess we're not that cool. Like (laughs) we're not that special, you know? And so, Uh um, so I think if anything, I think it should be an all or a nothing service. So either you drop the bottles of wine on all the tables or you do wine service on all the tables. I wouldn't do half and half Mm -hmm. because even if you do half and half, you're still having to allocate bartenders or servers and they're still running around having to do 
maybe three tables. And then someone mm-hmm. else will be like, oh, can I have some of that too? And then they turn around and do table five. And they're only supposed to be focusing on table two and three. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, well, it looks like we're doing the whole table service. <laughs> and so now we're delayed because we had to wait. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, so. it's too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. It's just honestly, I, I, I feel like in this instance, it really comes down to optics and, and again, help making people feel special and appreciated and welcome and loved on your, on your day. And so you don't want to, even something as simple as this can, might feel like a slight to some of your guests, even though Uh you're like, I don't know how you pulled that out of your ass, but okay, sure. Get mad about it. But (laughs) you know, so yeah. Emotions are heightened on wedding days, Mm -hmm. right? And yes, being compared a lot and it is Mm -hmm. beautiful and joyous, but there are a lot of political things that are going on too. You know, that's how it works. So another thing, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier in the first part of this podcast, is that maybe you're going to serve different kind of wine at dinner than you're going to serve with, you know, cocktail hour and at the end of the night. So your ultimate goal is typically the wine that's made for dinner is a little bit more special, a little bit more pairings with the food. So you want to have a limited number of that. You want to have, you think what's going to make your guest count plus a teeny bit extra. Mm-hmm. And then you tell your bartenders or you tell your staff or whoever that you want this wine to be finished first. That way the good stuff, you know, quote unquote, is gone. Mm-hmm. Then you move on to the house or, you know, whatever else has been selected. You want to not have, you know, 60% of your good stuff gone and then 60% of your maybe box wine gone because then you're stuck with 40% of each, which is not what you want. You want this reserve to be gone first, mm-hmm. then you move on to anything else yeah. because then your special wine was all used up yeah. <laughs> and – people don't really know the difference. It's like just more things, something on the back end so that you're not stuck with, you know, random half bottles mm-hmm. available, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, which kind of leads me to my next point is that if you do bottles on the table, uh, near the end, you start seeing a lot of half bottles just hanging out. <laughs> so instead of, and you know, lots of really good venues are good with this, but you sometimes want to remind it to maybe offsite catering mm-hmm. and offsite bartenders is that instead of opening new bottles of wine at the bar, <laughs> Go around to the tables and get the half empty ones yeah. and start serving those because now we're on rotation. People are up and they're dancing. They're not going to go back to their table and start pouring. They're going to go to the bar. It's okay. part of the experience and it's part of the fun, right? Like, oh, I need another glass. I don't know where my glass went. Where did it go? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to get a new one. Okay. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of half bottles sitting around and you don't even have to go. You know, this literally happened to me a couple weekends ago. Mm-hmm. I was standing in line forever, but I didn't have anywhere to go. And I was getting us two glasses of wine. Uh-huh. And as I was standing there, I had our two empty glasses in my hand because I was getting refills and I was being considerate. And literally when I got up to the bar, I look behind me and I see a half bottle of red open just sitting there. And I was like, well, well, damn, I could have just poured out of that bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Now this only works if it's an open bar though, because if you've got a cash bar, you know that the wine on those tables are gone. They're gone. Yes. Yeah, they're gone. Yes. <laughs> so if it's an open bar, yeah. So, you know, just be mindful of that. That's more um, of an advanced advice, but that's just something that kind of came up that I yes, thought of. That might be a good tidbit to know. But I just, yeah, I was like, well, I'm here. I don't know. And he's like, just, just, he gauges me the fresh one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, so all things considered, in summary, you got to figure out how you're going to get your wine there. Mm-hmm how you're going to chill it or keep it a proper temperature that it needs to be and who is taking it home at the end of the night. And then you definitely don't be shy to ask questions or talk to your caterer or bartenders intensely about the experience that your guests are going to have because it's much better to talk about it now versus the day of the wedding. And also if it's a full service venue or if this catering team has done it before, listen to what has worked for them in the past and just 
like don't try to reinvent the wheel. If they do, you know, one to two weddings a weekend, chances are they're going to know what works best. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. obviously every every event is going to be different because of course your wedding mm-hmm. is special and it's different than everyone else's. <laughs> but when you're working with a specific venue that may have some like logistical challenges, they're like, no, trust me, like this is going to be the most efficient way for us to be able to serve X amount of people. We did, I did one wedding a couple weekends ago and they, well, we did it. And the venue was like, oh yeah, we can do a buffet in 25 minutes. It's like, wow, for 150 people, they're like, yeah, 150 people up, buffet, seated, 25 minutes. That is like, damn, that is amazing. And they know how to do that because they're familiar with their space. So it's the same Uh with this. I mean, if it's it's an older, I mean, Vancouver's got a lot of older houses that have been converted into venues too. There's one really cool one that we kind of refer to a little bit. It's called Highcroft Manor. It's very special to Tarina. Um, <laughs> um, and that one's a really cool one, but it, again, it is a house. And they're um, typically the way it'll work is you'll have your, you'll, most people love to eat outside on the terrace and then they'll come mm-hmm. inside so that they can have like their, their dancing and they'll have a bar. So, but if you have your bar upstairs in the one area, then you have to logistically mm-hmm. bring all of the leftovers down to the other bar. Or if you're mm-hmm. using that main bar as your fridge, then you're having to logistically hump that shit up the stairs because it's an old house there are no elevators you got to figure out how to get it up there and the venue they know how to do that quickly efficiently and um, Mm -hmm. in a way that is not intrusive because the last thing you Mm -hmm. want is to be hearing like banging like glassware and and you know or messy spaces everywhere too like they're just so used to cleaning up the space and just maintaining it and doing all that sort of stuff so definitely rely on the venue they know what they're doing in theory in theory, in and, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, take a grain of salt. If the venue is new or, you know, you're not really confident, get someone in there who does, yeah. i.e. us. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening to our wine breakdown. We had so many questions about it recently. We thought, hey, let's just do a little podcast mm-hmm. about it, right? Yes. And, you know, uh, the end result is that we love wine and we'll talk about it all the time. <laughs> and we might even get one of our Somalia friends on here to talk more about pairings and all that delicious thing. We might have to try all the pairings, Kelly. How? Oh my god. How will we do this? Oh my god, this will be like the best episode ever. (laughs) I can't wait. Amazing. Okay, guys, until next time, take care. Bye. Hey there. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding Session. Remember to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get updates to your phone for the latest episodes. Want to connect with us? Hit us up on Instagram at The Wedding Session. We're people first and planners second and understand everyone deserves their own unique wedding experience. So when it comes to planning your wedding, do what's right for you. This episode was written, produced, and created by us. us.